Mindfulness Mode. Energy flows where intention goes. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Mindful Tribe, if you could control your anxiety, reduce stress, if you could boost your immune system at the same time, maybe even decrease some inflammation and lengthen your attention span, well, maybe you could improve your sleep and decrease blood pressure. Those are some of the incredible wins that we're going to be talking about today with a process, with a tool. It's called Rise Hypnotic Meditation. And I am very excited to tell you, Mindful Tribe, that I'm here with author and creator of this process, Mary Welp. Mary, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am. I am. I try to be in mindfulness mode every day. Well, that's fantastic. I'm very happy to be with you today. Oh, and I'm happy to have you here. I'm really excited since I do work with hypnosis and you do and you've written some books. I'm going to be really happy to talk to you for the next while and compare notes and and talk to you about your incredible achievements. And well, first of all, let's talk about mindfulness itself. What does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness to me is being in my body. I've done body work for over 20 years, and I used to think that kind of our answers and the the truths were outside of us. And what body work taught me is that it's actually in our cells and in our DNA and in our tissue is our truth and our presence. And by being, you know, kind of um, being present to my senses and what I'm experiencing in the world and really feeling my body throughout the day, I'll often just think about the soles of my feet and, you know, what do my feet feel like? What are they, what are they touching? Where are they touching? You know, and really trying to be as much in my body as possible because when I get triggered, um, I freeze. That's my, my go-to is I'll freeze. And I've realized that the more I can be present and the more I can breathe and be in my body, the more those times, those chaotic traumatic moments uh, can go a little bit smoother. Yeah, well, you've done so much work with this, had so many clients. And well, let's start talking about RISE itself, the RISE hypnotic meditation system that you teach and that you use. First of all, RISE is something that is very clever because it's an acronym. Tell us about that acronym. Yes. Well, when the acronym came to me, it was, okay, this is something anybody can do. Anybody, if you haven't had experience with meditation or with hypnosis, you can still do this practice. Um, So RISE, the acronym stands for the four steps of self-hypnosis, which are relax, imagine, suggest, and empower. And we can go into those more, each one of them, but by stringing those three processes or those three things to, or four things together, it really uh, brings about a system where you can relax your critical conscious mind and get into the subconscious and reframe some things. Um, maybe do a little reprogramming of our imprints, our fears, and our habits. Well, let's start with relax. Yeah. How do you help your clients relax so that they can move forward to these other steps? Um, Through a body progressive relaxation and breath um, by really talking people through 
just through their bodies, you know, what do your thighs feel like right now? You know, what do you, what does your back feel like? We're not really present to how we feel a lot of times during the day because we're so in our head and trying to manage the day. So what I encourage people to do is to get in touch with the noises around them and then cut them off and move inward and really direct their energy and their consciousness inward. And um, by doing that, it really uh, takes that veil again of our hypercritical nature and quiets that. Right. Well, once they're quieted, how do you move forward to the next step? Uh, you begin to imagine a very safe and a happy place for you. And I love places in nature because you can really use your senses in these places. You can, you know, there's so much color and texture and there's smells and there's feels when you're at the beach, you know, wiggling your toes in the sand and how the sand on the top is hotter than the sand down below. And, you know, really the details of a place where you feel safe and happy. And what my clients have also taught me is that sometimes you may think you're going to the woods and then all of a sudden you end up at your grandmother's house or a room that you loved as a child or your subconscious will take you where you need to go. And I encourage people just to really go with this process and, and uh, quiet themselves in a place where they feel safe so they can do their work. Okay. And then suggest. So suggest is where you do the work. So you're in this beautiful, relaxed space, and you're really bringing your senses, including your visualization, to life. So seeing your block or your challenge as something physical. So if you're dealing maybe with anger and you'd like to lessen the anger in your life, envisioning that as a red-hot ball of flames and putting it in the water and watching it turn blue and watching it sizzle and the smoke come up and watching nature heal this energy. Our, our minds work in stories. So when we invite these stories in and these stories of transformation, um, things really do transform. Well, I've certainly found the same thing with my practice. The transformation can be quite incredible. Well, now that we've talked about the three, uh, relax, imagine, suggest, let's talk about empower. Power. So uh, Columbia and Harvard University have both done studies about the superhero pose. Um, I was told that in Grey's Anatomy, there was a doctor that before she would do a very complicated surgery, she would stand in the superhero pose. And by just standing in that pose with your fists on your hips and your spine very tall and your feet very attached to the ground and your head pointing towards the sky, um, by doing that for two minutes, you, you create a chemical change in your body. You will decrease your cortisol or your stress hormone by 25%, and you will increase your strength and your power hormone, which is testosterone, by 8%. So that's one way you can do empower, but also thinking about if you shift the energy you want to shift, how is your life going to be different? How are you going to be different when you get triggered again? How are people going to treat you differently? Are they going to notice the change and what's that going to mean? And really bringing the positive aspects of your change and feeling that um, is very empowering because you don't want to just sort of cast things off. You want to transform them into something more, more purposeful for you. So I know that you work with a lot of clients that have had trauma in their lives. Have you had trauma in your life as well? Yes, I think we all have had trauma. 
there's the big T's and the little T's. I think I've had more little T's than big T's. But yes, I think our births were traumatic. I've worked with many babies that um, with cranial sacral therapy that, you know, just them getting here was traumatic. Um, so we've started out with a bit of trauma in our lives and things happen. You know, we have bad falls as children. Um, we are told things as children uh, that don't necessarily apply to us, but we absorb them as our truth. Uh, those imprints can be very uh, directing in our lives, can really, we can act out of them a lot. So when we realize those imprints that we have and those habits and those fears that we have, by addressing them in this way, we can really shift it. So tell me, how do you find your clients or how do your clients find you? They've really found me. Um, right now, though, with Rise, this has just happened since the pandemic. My one-on-one -on -one office closed. And so as I sat home and Rise really came to me, I really felt a push to now was the time to get this out into the world. So I've been teaching workshops and I've written the Rise book. And I've been doing things like that um, and doing some workshops again around the country, really, wherever I'm invited to go. But I'm very blessed that people usually find me. That's cool. Well, tell me about your travels. It sounds like you're on the go all the time. Well, not all the time, but I, I you know, whatever offer I can get to present Rise, I do. Um, I, last month, I got to go to a yoga festival here in Kentucky that was out on a farm and got to present Rise there. I had 25 students in that class and it was very fun. And then the next day I went to a mindfulness uh, gathering called a festival in Louisville. Louisville's had a lot of trauma. You know, this is the home of Breonna Taylor. And so the community and the social workers and the therapists here in town brought it upon themselves to get this festival together and to let people know in our community that there are avenues to help them to help through their trauma. And so I got to have a table there. I had my some recordings of some audios that I have and got to introduce people to Rise that way. Right. Tell me what your children, Ben and Laura Rose, have helped you with through this journey that you've been on. Oh, that is a great question. They are so amazing. Um, I have to tell you about my daughter. Um, my daughter, Laura, is in Uvalde right now. She's a psychologist and works with the Red Cross. And she also is working with trauma. And to see her strength and um, also those times where she's carrying too much. Um, we, we can talk a lot and share a lot. She does EMDR with clients and does some work that I don't do. But she also really appreciates Rise. She helped me with my Instagram account. That was all the social media was very foreign to me two years ago when I started this process. So she has been uh, such a cheerleader for me. And the same with my son. Um, I've been um, learned Rise early on when I started doing this with my clients probably 10 years ago. And he came to me with an issue and he started using it then. So as he said, he drank the Kool-Aid a long time ago. So he read my book for me. He was one of the first people that I gave the book to before it was published because I wanted his approval, but I also mm -hmm. wanted to be sure that it was understandable to anybody and everybody. He's a school teacher. So he okay. teaches middle school and is in a different world than the world that I've been in, but he gets it and appreciates it. And so their support has been invaluable. 
Well, my son's name is Ben as well. So I know how important our children can be to us. It's just so yeah. powerful for yeah, sure. They're good teachers. Well, oh, aren't they great? Yeah. 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 Well, tell me about your book since you've published it. What's the feedback been and what what has it been like having this book out there for people to benefit from? I think it's it's been good. The feedback has been great. I think a lot of people do and are ready now to take their healing into their own hands. I think it's hard to get to our helpers now. I think they're overwhelmed. Um, it's been a very traumatic, hard, chaotic two years plus. So um, I think this is a way that people can really help themselves. And so the feedback has been good because I think we're getting hungry for this kind of thing. We're, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired and realize mm -hmm. that our healing and our happiness, we are in control of that. Nobody else can do that for us. And I know when I was stuck in a depressive state, I was looking all around me for if the rest of the world would change, I could be happy. And uh, it didn't take long to realize that wasn't exactly how it works. That, you know, we really have to take on our own happiness. We have to find our own change and we have to live authentically and vulnerably, you know, and that's really what happiness is when you can be totally yourself and be okay with that. Yes. And your book is called Rise Hypnotic Meditation. Rise Hypnotic Meditation. There it is. It's a lifelong yeah. skill for meaningful change in four easy steps. And your website is risehypnoticmeditation.com. So that's easy. Yeah. So there's some videos on there too, if anybody's interested in just listening to a few um, of Rise being put into process. It, there's one for Rise for Guilt, for Patience. I think there's one for Peace and a couple of others on the website. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me about some of the darker times. You mentioned some depressive times. Tell me about that and how you struggled through it and then moved past it into a better place. Well, for me, um, I'm a late bloomer. I uh, was 40 before I'd ever had a massage or heard the word chakra or knew of this world at all about meditation or how much control I really have over my mind that I was not taking any control over my mind. My father had passed away in a car accident and he was the first person close to me to pass. And I'd never grieved before. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know. Um, I was kind of told to just go back to my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I, after about three years, I realized what a, a walking depressive I was. I was not a happy person. I was not treating people well because I wasn't happy. And um, I had a come to Jesus moment really where I went to my knees. I was so depressed and said, okay, universe, God, whatever, you've got to help me. I'm lost. I know I'm here for purpose. I know there's purpose to my life, but I'm way off track. I'm off my path. And for me, it was that moment of surrender when everything started to shift, I started to be less closed off to new ideas and not negative. And then my gifts and my talents came forward and people started to validate them and me. I took a Reiki class was my first opening to this world. And I thought it was an animal communication class. I was training horses at the time. And he was, he, I went to him because I had a dog that had bit 
the little girl that lived next door and I wanted to know whether I, you know, the dog was okay or not or what exactly had happened. And I thought maybe he could give me some insight as to this dog. And he just kept looking at me saying, you need to take my class. So he really saw in me who I was. He saw through all the veils that I had put up to protect myself and to fit in in this culture and this time. And he could see through all that and and validated who I was. And uh, once I took that first Reiki class, the depression was gone. It was like this cloud lifted from me. And since then, all I have felt is real support and love from my father from the other side. I think he's really helping carry the torch through me. And when I get stuck or get frustrated or get confused, I'm, I'm like, okay, dad, you know, help me out here. And he does. And he does. And I feel his love and I feel his encouragement. So it's all, it all happens as it should, but it's not always pleasant or easy to process. Well, that is beautiful. That's a beautiful story. I'd like to talk about how you are able to generate kindness through the use of Rise Hypnotic Meditation, because that is fascinating to me. Well, I think just when you quiet your mind and realize that our brain's number one goal is to keep us safe, its prime directive is safety. So it's naturally going to walk in the room and be critical and scan the room for safety. You know, is this a good place to be? So I think a lot of times we believe our thoughts, we believe our victim mode, we believe these things that if, if we've thought it, then it must be true. And that's mm -hmm. really not the case. Um, I think once we start to step back from our thoughts and realize that we are in control of them and we can manipulate them, they don't need to manipulate us and start some of these practices where we rein in our mind a little bit, that it automatically produces kindness because you're not being critical. You're not that safety valve quiets down. It's not quite so reactive so that you can be more present and more in your body. There's a, a story about um, a man and his son, and they're standing on the edge of a river, a very big, dirty river. And the son asks his father, dad, is the river polluted? And he says, no, son, the river's pure, but it's carrying pollutants. And I think if we could stand back from our thought processes and look at that, and look at, is this thought that I'm having, number one, true? And number two, is it productive? Is it, is it helping me or is it hurting me? And if it's hurting me, how can I shift that to make it look a little bit different and be a little bit more uh, productive for me? And I think all kindness starts with self-kindness. If you're being kind to yourself, if you're listening to what your needs are, and you're at least asking to have them met, um, that's powerful in the body too. And that automatically produces kindness. Yeah, I agree with you. I totally think it starts with yourself for sure. Do you have a story that you could share with us about one of your clients, maybe somebody that has experienced PTSD, someone like that, and how they've come out to the other side? Yes, well, it's a process. Um, it's a practice. You know, this is a practice. So um, people that are really recovering from the big T's, from big traumas, um, it's a progressive thing. So this is a practice that helps to grow that. Well, I've had many people 
that had issues in their bodies that were things of their mind. For example, I've had many, many clients come in with knee issues and were about to get knee surgery, but it wasn't the knee surgery. It was because they weren't surrendering to their lives because something had happened that they were fighting very, very hard. And um, also from past trauma, I had one gentleman who had uh, hurt himself in a football injury in high school. And it's that, you know, don't rub it, don't rub it, don't touch it, you know, be tough. And so he didn't have a chance to have any compassion for his knee and give any self-care because he had to be this tough macho man. And his knee bothered him for a long time until he could release that energy and have some compassion for his knees. So it's, it's in the little ways, but it's also in working with the soldiers. What I've realized with them is they've had trauma their whole lives. You know, the military wasn't their first trauma. Um, so it's, it's always for me getting back in their bodies. It's giving them practices and tools that help them be present because they too have been in such so many situations where there was that fright, flight, free, freeze, and they're trained to respond a certain way, but it may not be true to who they are. Right. And when you work with soldiers who have experienced PTSD, does this affect you negatively? Well, after doing this for a while, um, the first place I worked, I was very fortunate early in my career to work in an alternative health clinic. And we had a lot of cancer patients, a lot of uh, serious detox patients um, that had Lyme disease and other things where they needed to do a big, big detox. And so um, the, one of the first women I worked with had breast cancer. And halfway through the session, my breast started to ache. And I realized it scared me. And so yeah. I went back to my teacher and said, you know, what am I opening myself up to? And he said, you're the channel, you know, let it go through you. This isn't your energy. What she is experiencing and her story and her trauma is not mine. I've had my own traumas, you know, and I, I, I can work on them and I can own them. But her stories are not my stories. So I also work very hard not to think about the clients after I see them, not to relive our time together, not to question what I said and how I said it, but to trust the process and trust that things come out the way they're supposed to. Um, but that did frighten me at the beginning, but it's again, remembering my role and keeping in my role and not, um, not feeling I, I need to take on everyone else's burdens because that's just going to break me. And I hope to do this long into old age, older age. And so, so what routines do you personally do for your own self-care so that you can avoid some of these other problems that might come up? Well, yoga is very important to me. I did stop it for a few years and um, it started not feeling well and realized that I needed to, yoga helps me move energy, helps me to move it and also be more present in my body because you can't stand in those crazy poses and be elsewhere. You have to be present when you're doing yoga. So that helped me. But also I do rise every day. At the end of the day, when I go to bed, I'll lay down in my uh, not sleeping position. I sleep on my side. So I'll stay on my back so I don't fall asleep and I'll kind of reflect on the day and what went well. I will congratulate myself for and say, yeah, do more of that. And what didn't go well, where maybe I hurt someone's feelings or I stepped in it or uh, things did not go as I had hoped. I, you know, I look at it, I say, I'm sorry, and I forgive it, and I move on. And I think sometimes we let things accumulate, and one little trauma 
adds up on top of another. And then we have a big issue, you know, that really sits in our body and causes disease. So for me, it's kind of clearing that hard drive every day and reflecting on the day. And it also keeps me grounded in the day and mindful of what my day was instead of one day just kind of spilling into the next. Right. Mary, do you offer training for other people to do this process? I do. I love that question. Thank you so much. Um, Yes, I'm starting in September. I would love to have more teachers out in the world teaching in their communities and helping to support it. So I'm starting. It'll be a virtual uh, two hours for three Sundays. And then the fourth Sunday is kind of a get together um, virtually um, and to celebrate the certification. And, and um, so, yes, I would be very open to anybody who's interested in learning RISE and, and to help to bring it to their, their community. Thank wow, you. that's exciting. Very exciting. So tell me about some of the feedback you've received from your book. It's been great. It's been, um, again, I think people want the tool. They want to work on themselves and they want, um, and they're, they don't know where to go for these things. So I think when they find a tool, I've, it's a 90 page book. I made it short and sweet and to the point. People don't have time to read these days. There's just too no. many other things going on and they're not. So I really tried to make it very simple, uh, very direct. It's also kind of workbookish. So I have space there for you to fill in. You know, so I ask questions like, where do you feel tension in your body? And to really reflect on where, when you get tense or you get upset, you know, do you feel it in your gut? Do you feel it in your back? Do you feel it in your head or your jaw? You know, and to really hone in on what works best for you and, and your feelings. And then, you know, you'll have more of a setup um, because this is a practice for life. Once you learn it, you can use it for so many different things. You can improve something in your life, like your patience or your running time or your golf swing, or, but you can also, you know, work on um, boundaries and patience and um, things like that. I love that you've included sample meditations. Yes, yes, in the back. And I think that's helpful. Again, I really want to put this in people's hands. I want it to be a self-help tool, but I think people need springboards. They need help on. So I do have in the back 25 or 30 different ideas. Um, There's Rise for Surgery, um, Rise for Grief, Rise for Stage Fright, for bad habits, for childbirth, for smoking, for health problems, for phone use, uh, weight loss, sleep, um, different things like that. And they, just to give you a springboard, but I really encourage people to individualize it because we all work differently. Our minds work differently. Our subconsciouses hold different things. So really um, being flexible in your practice is good too. Yeah, well, I highly recommend this book. I really do. And I also want to ask you a question about bullying, because I've worked in the field of bullying for some time. And I wonder if you have a story you can share with me where, where you know, mindfulness would have made a difference. And maybe it's with one of your clients. Maybe it's something to do with something that happened with you. Do you have a story you can share with us? Oh, yeah, that's me. Um <laughs> My uh, father worked for General Electric growing up. And so as he climbed the corporate ladder, we traveled every two years or less. I mean, it was within two years we would move. So I was in a different school every two years. And a lot of times it was in the middle of the school year where we would transfer into a new school district. And so I was very often, and I freeze. So 
I would be that quiet little redheaded girl in the corner, you know, not saying a word and trying to just melt into the furniture and the fabric of the place. I, I didn't want to be recognized at all. And of course, bullies, uh, you know, I'm just like over here, pick me, pick me in, in being that quiet <laughs> girl in the yeah. corner. So I was an easy target for being bullied. Um, when I was in kindergarten, I remember being chased home by a boy in the fourth grade and he was hitting me over the head with his lunchbox as I was running home up the hill. Wow. So, you know, there's, um, there's physical bullying and then there's emotional bullying. And also, you know, being the new kid, when you're picking teams, you know, I was be one of the last kids to be picked because nobody knew who I was and didn't, you know, who are you going to have on your team that you don't trust and you don't know how they're going to perform? Are they going to help you win or not? So, um, so there was that it was even just being excluded. Um, but I have to give Louisville a lot of credit. Louisville was the first place that I moved. I think we were in the seventh grade when we moved to Louisville and there people were very welcoming and it was, you know, come eat lunch with us and, uh, join our team. And it was the first, and I think it's a little bit of that Southern hospitality, but, there was that and it was welcoming. Um, in California, we lived in San Carlos outside of San Francisco and there it was a very different. It was, uh, even at the second grade, you had to be in a clique, you know? So, oh, wow. yes. That must have been and, tough. And it's rising above that, you know, and realizing that, um, you know, I do have validity in being here. I have purpose. And owning who I am. But at that time, I was too young and too scared and really didn't know who I was. Right. Mary, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? The Dalai Lama. Mm. I've seen him speak several times and he's funny. He's the first spiritual leader I ever heard that would crack jokes on himself. And he would laugh harder at his own jokes than anybody else in the crowd. He was just lighthearted and funny and loving and sweet. <laughs> uh, let's talk about emotions. So how have your emotions changed or how you deal with your emotions as a result of the work you do? Oh, great question. I look at them now. When I get upset, it's like, why are you upset what's been triggered? And I try to delve into that subconscious a little bit more and see what's being brought up in me that is making me react the way I'm reacting. You know, what's what's hurting in me. Um, so every time I get upset that way, but and also the joyful moments, I think I, I uh, blow them up even bigger than they already are because of it. You know, I, I see them as such precious jewels that um, I make them louder in my life than the hard times and the struggles. Let's talk about breathing and how important breathing is in your life. Breathing is very important. Yoga really taught me how to breathe properly. Um, but what breathing does is it brings you into your body. So when I was talking about how important it is to be grounded in your body for the fright flight and for anxiety, you know, to kind of bring yourself back to the present moment and nurture yourself is very important. And breathing and breath work is how I accomplish that. Well, I highly recommend your book, Rise Hypnotic Meditation. I highly recommend it. But what other books would you recommend which are related to this topic? Well, 
it's a little off topic, but it's also on topic. I think the one that I recommend most to people is called Anatomy of the Spirit. And it's written by Carolyn Mace, M-Y-S-S. She's written quite a few books. This one came out back in the 90s. But why I recommend people do it is it is it associates physical pain with what's happening emotionally with you. Why, why your legs hurt, not your arms, you know, other than injury, but like just why, you know, you tend to hold tension in certain parts of your body. Is there a certain energy that needs to be fulfilled in that part of your body, whatever that means. Um, But she kind of goes through the seven chakras and explains that. And um, that's been very helpful to me. And I've recommended it to many clients. Okay, I'll include that in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. So my last question is about apps. Are there any apps that you recommend or that you've used with your clients that can be helpful? No, I'd love to have a Rise app. That's on my to-do list down the road sometime. Um, I think the Calm app is wonderful. I've had a friend use Noom and lost quite a bit of weight and really enjoyed that. And I think that's a lot of mindfulness and psychology um, because weight loss is such a multi-tiered issue. Um, So there's a lot of great ones out there. Yeah, there's definitely are. Well, I want to ask you just as a final question, if you could give some words of wisdom to anyone listening today who may be struggling, who may have had some trauma that they haven't been able to solve, some problems that they haven't been able to work through, what would your words of advice be to those people? That energy flows where intention goes. So what are you thinking about? What are your intentions? What do you want to accomplish? And keeping those positive forward movement thoughts more present in your life than the negative. So where are you putting your energy and where are you putting your intention? Because where your intention is, what your intention is for yourself is where that energy is going to help manifest and move things. So until kind of you set that intention of, I want to be better at blank, Um, the energy doesn't know that that's what you want to do. So until you kind of name it and start to work with it, it, you are going to feel stuck because you're not inviting in that new flow of energy. So my recommendation would just be very, very careful of what you're intending in your life moment to moment. Mindful Tribe, you heard it here. Energy flows where intention goes. And it is so true. I absolutely agree with that. Mary, it's been a lot of fun talking to you today and sharing ideas and thoughts. Thanks for being on Mindfulness Mode. Thank you, Bruce. It was such a pleasure. Yes. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening to this episode with Mary Welp. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. And if you are experiencing any kind of frustration in your life, maybe you're stuck, maybe you are having a habit that you just can't shake and it's really bothering you, maybe you have anxiety. And, you know, if you do, I really feel for you. If you're stuck, I really feel for you because I've been there. I have experienced that. And with hypnosis and the tools that I offer as part of my coaching, I can help you. Let's jump on a call to talk this over about how I can possibly help you. And even to just chat with me for 30 or 40 minutes on a Zoom call, you may feel 
that you have a different perspective and that things, you know, look differently. So uh, just send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and put coaching session in the subject line and we'll connect and set up a time to talk and we'll make this work. So with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.